0: Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Fox Nomad podcast. I'm your host Fox Nomad Anul Polat. I've got a great uh, episode for you today. I'm really excited. I have a guest Ellie Quinn who writes thewanderingquinn.com. We're going to talk about traveling in Pakistan, what it's like to travel there as as a woman, which is a question that a lot of people have been asking me and uh, spoiler alert, I can't really answer firsthand. So Uh, She's going to be here to tell us what it's like to travel there, where she went, all kinds of stuff. So that's coming up just in a little bit. Uh, Just a few things before we get into that. I just want to mention that I've got a few new videos up. One is about choosing the one bag travel backpack for you. That's a post for people who are looking to go carry on only. And I have reviewed a lot of bags and I narrowed it down to basically three bags that you want to take a look at to start your search. So if you're looking for a check-in bag and you just want one bag to to travel with, so no checking in a bag, just carry on only. I've got three great backpack choices for you up, some recommendations. And speaking about India and Pakistan, now I've got I've got two things. So if you haven't seen my video comparing the two countries, um, I recommend that you take a look. And if you're feeling adventurous, jump into the comment section, which is... Um, colorful to say the least. Um, And of course, having those kind of comments, I decided to make a video reacting to them. So you can watch that as well. That's up on foxnomad.com. You can see my original video and the reactions video. And last thing that I want to mention, last couple of things I want to mention, I've got on the site again on Fox Nomad, the still youngest guest poster on my site ever, Brian Sajic, who you might remember, who's the iOS Apple guru who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He'll be joining again in a few weeks for WWDC, but he shares what to know when moving to Chicago for college based on his recent experiences. So if you're a parent, if you're a student, if you just want to relive your student days, that's a post that you should check out. And lastly, I promised exactly one year ago that I would review... Again, the Jabra 85, the Jabra Elite 85H headphones, uh, which debuted at CES in 2019. And when I got my hands on them, I did a review and I said, You wanted a road tested review. So one year later, there's a road tested review to let you know how well that's held up. So check that out. And if you're listening to the podcast right now and you haven't yet given it five stars on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this podcast, it's a huge, huge, huge help. And uh, what's also has been a huge help is all of you listening and supporting the podcast, which still blows my mind that this podcast was in the top seven in Europe last week, which is just amazing. So I thank you very much. And I'm going to ask one more thing of you, if you can leave five stars on wherever you're listening to this right now, that would be really fantastic. It really helps the podcast a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of you, last thing, Father's Day. I know slim wallets are a gift idea, kind of a thing. Uh, you might want to check out my latest video on the Senate card holder by Exter and their track, their Bluetooth tracker, which is one of the coolest pieces of tech I think that I've come across recently. So I really like that. So I'd recommend you check that out. Um, but right now, let's jump into my interview with Ellie. Just a quick note: the internet cut out kind of in the beginning, so you're going to hear us talking, you're going to hear "bull," and then you're going to hear us talking about the internet getting cut off, so that's what happened. It only seems to happen when I'm doing a podcast with a guest, so don't know why, but uh, it happened again. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this interview with Ellie. So, hi. Hi Ellie, how are you? Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Thank you very much for asking me.
0: So, where are you at the moment?
1: I'm in Indonesia on the island of Gili Tarangan. I've been here for three months now on a three by two kilometer meter island. So, it's very small here, but it feels very safe. So, I feel really lucky to be here.
0: Was that Corona planning for you or did it just happen to be that way? Did you kind of get stuck um, there? or
1: Half and half. I was in India in March. Um, And then when it kind of came to, okay, need to go somewhere and stay somewhere, it was either here, where I spent a few months here last year, and I have a couple of friends here, or go back to the UK, um, but I do not really have a home in the UK, it would have just been my mum's kind of spare bedroom, (laughs) so I decided to come here. Um, So it was kind of planned, but I guess I didn't realise it would be this long, but it it has been fine to be this long.
0: And you've been travelling, I saw on your site, for about 10 years, you said... Um, but I did see a video that you made in I think 2018 when you quit your job and started blogging and traveling, which is kind of a familiar story. But I I started up a lot longer than <laughs> a lot longer ago than you did. Um, but how did that come about? What, what were you doing before, and and how did you start traveling?
1: So, yeah, so for me, it's been 10 years this summer since I did like my big trip, my first big trip, which was working at a summer camp in the USA. And then since then for the last yeah, for the last eight years, then between um, 2010 and 2018, it was a case of working for a few months and then going backpacking for a few months, like leaving the job, you know, constantly finding new jobs, going back to my mum's house to live and work and then backpacking again. Um, lived in Australia for two years as well and did the whole backpacking working holiday visa in Australia. Um, and then from about the last two years, 2016 to 2018, I lived in London, which I loved because actually, you know, I just went away every week, like every month, sorry, um, for a weekend away. It was so easy to do, but I knew that I wanted to do another really, really long trip. And by this point I've been working on my blog for a few years and I was like starting to make a little bit of money, but I knew really that in order to take my blog full time, I needed to give it my full time. Yeah. To give it the full time, really. Um, and then I wanted to travel full time. So I just figured, okay, let's just take the leap and just see what happens. And yeah, two years later, and it's obviously travel blogging isn't necessarily very good right now, <laughs> but I still have hope that it will get better. Um, and yeah, I've yeah been traveling so much in the last two years as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a interesting strategy that I think it helps when, it's, when you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And the threat of like having no money is really good incentive to get better at it, to like work harder (laughs) figure out what works for you and so on. So, you know, I I get that mentality. I think it's beneficial. If anything, it's harder to, it's harder to motivate yourself when, you know, you don't have, you don't have that, that, that pressure. I think that pressure can, can really help.
1: Yeah, Uh, I agree. Yeah. But it was also kind of good not to have the pressure of say like living in london and costs i knew obviously Mm -hmm. if i was going to take my blog full-time i wanted to be traveling full-time because that was really my priority um but i know a lot of people you know blog full-time but live in london and i kind of thought you know i don't want to be spending rent money on rent in london and just life in london and not making that much money from my blog at least this way if i don't end up making any money from my blog really then I've spent that time and that money traveling, which is what I wanted to do. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah. that, that That's pretty cool. Yeah. I gave myself eight months to make it work nice. and it's, it's been 10 years or more now. So it's, it's, <laughs> wow. it's, it's worked, I guess. Um, So that's cool. So I wanted to have you on the, on the podcast because I was earlier in the year in Pakistan, which was my very first trip there. Uh, and then from there I went to Nepal and then to India, which was, I've been almost 20 times. I I have lost count. I've been many times. So, and I made these videos about Pakistan and it was for me, I had a lot of misconceptions. I thought it would be a lot more different than I thought in a lot of ways. And I thought it would be a lot more similar to India in ways that it wasn't. Mm. And, but one of the big questions I got was what would it have been like for a woman traveling there? And, When I get that question, it's difficult, you know. I don't have that in my mind when I'm traveling. I don't think if I were a woman, how would this be? And then at the same time, I always, you know, for me, it's like, well, if I just imagine myself as a woman, it's like I just change my parts and then I'm there. But there's really, it's different being in a man's body where people react to you differently, but also. You know there's it's it's just i think it's just pretty difficult to 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 put myself in that experience. I think it would be okay, but i have I really have no idea because in a lot of ways, parts of my trip were pretty weird, and I think they were just weird because I went to some weird things. you know I don't know if it would have been different if I was a woman so what 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 brought you to Pakistan initially I
1: just for years had this desire to visit Pakistan. Um, Same with India as well, I guess. I'd been wanting to visit India for so many years. I only did visit in 2018 after I quit my job. Um, I guess I always knew with India I wanted enough time to travel it. and then I ended up going for like four months. But had I been able to go for that time before, I probably would have. And then Pakistan was the same. It was just this desire to go there. And people say, why do you want to go? And I guess for me, with my travel style, a lot of places that I like to go to, it is those places where people then question, why do you want to go? I'm like, "It's that's why I want to go. It's because you're questioning why I want to go. <laughs> so, um, and yeah but obviously the visa situation with Pakistan, I always knew it was a little bit more difficult. So that's kind of what had put me off for a long time. or kind of just not even put it on my radar to go like it's quite difficult to get the visa. But when I heard that it was getting easier and they were doing the visa on arrival for some people, and there were some ways that so for the UK, when I went in September last year, 2019, um, I still had to apply for a visa, but I was hearing it was easier to do. Um, so then I was like, okay this needs to happen and I was in India again anyway so it was very it's easier for me to get there
0: and before you went did you have I mean I'm sure pre- everybody has preconceptions before they go anywhere but what was in your mind I, I well, let me let me go back when you told people your friends and family you were going to Pakistan did you what was their reaction
1: I think they definitely heard a lot of things in the media. Um, I mean, me personally, when I think about the media, I really don't consume that much media, Um, I guess for the purpose of, yeah, I just know that it's a lot of lies. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, a lot of people were just kind of questioning like why it would go and their perception of terrorism, really, um, in Pakistan. But I was quite lucky, I think, because I yeah, don't consume that much media, and especially that kind of negative media. Um, I didn't have that in my mind as much. And I'd had watched, you know, quite a few YouTubers go. You know, I watched a lot of YouTube videos before I went, and so my perception was kind of like, well, they're there; they're saying it's safe, so I'm going to trust them over what, you know, my family or friends who have never been or never thought about going are going to say.
0: Mm -hmm. And when you, when you made the decision and when you got there, um, where did you, where did you start and how, you know, where did you, where did you go around? But, you know, initially for me, when I, when I started in Islamabad, which I think gives you a very different perspective on the country, because it's so different than pretty much the rest of it. You know, it's, I was like, huh, this is so much more orderly and. It it feels much more Western. And I was like, oh, if this is going to be the whole country, this might be a little bit boring, to be honest. Mm -hmm. In this part, for those of you who are listening and just wondering what the heck happened, my internet cut off. Um, So, but yeah, so I'm in this room because it has the best internet, but it's the noisiest room in this apartment. So anyway, I think what we were talking about before was when you got to Islamabad, I think that was your your first uh, entry, right, into Pakistan? or
1: No, so I actually went into Lahore first because I was in India, so I crossed the Wagga border, which was an experience in itself.
0: Okay, I did, I did see that video now that you mentioned it. Okay, so tell me a little bit about that. What was that like?
1: I mean, so just a little backstory as well, that I'd been in Amritsar the year before in 2018, and again, I knew I wanted to go to Pakistan, so I was at the Wagga border ceremony on the India side, just thinking like, wow, I just want to be over this, the other side. And then I started to apply for my Pakistan visa. Um, but because yeah, I'm from the UK, I couldn't get the visa on arrival. So I had to get, um, a letter of invitation and, um, wait for it to be accepted. Um, my, I actually went to Pakistan with my friend, Tom from travel Tom, Tom, um, travel blog. And he was like already there. He knew he was going to be there. And so I was just going to. Hope that our dates matched and join him. So I didn't really know if my visa was even going to be approved because I was worried about the fact that I was applying for it in India. But anyway, I went to Amritsar so that <clears throat> as soon as it did get approved, I could just cross the border and I'd be there. So I also went to the wagga border again, like when it still hadn't been approved, and I was just praying, praying. I just want to be over this side in a few days' time. Um, and then, yeah, it literally got approved at like four pm, um, and yeah I messaged Tom like I'm coming to Lahore tomorrow so I had watched a few YouTube videos as well of people crossing the border and they were saying that people were asking them a little bit questions and I was still really worried at this point because I still didn't know if it was going to be okay like would I be even allowed to get back into India and I really needed to come back to India but yeah and it was very much an adventure actually because You know, I've seen a few YouTube videos and I don't know, I guess just walking over the border, there's so much history there. It was just really, um, I felt very lucky obviously as well to be able to do it. So um, yeah, I got a taxi to drop me off and then went through immigration. Um, The the people on both sides, the Indian men were all asking me, you know, where are you going in Pakistan? They were so interested and so, so friendly. And then like being able to go through the stadium that I'd been at already twice Um, to cross the border was just really a memorable experience. Um, And I was like, wow, I'm in Pakistan. Like it was just that easy after, you know, so many years of wanting to go and knowing about the visas. Then all of a sudden you just cross this line and you're in Pakistan. Um, And then I went into Lahore and then Tom, my friend Tom was already there. Um, And for me, Lahore, I guess, because I'd already spent a couple of days already in Amritsar. It wasn't a huge culture shock because I mean, it is Punjab still. So although it's different, um, you know, it's still got that kind of Punjabi feel to it, like the traffic, I think, and the old city. Um, And we only spent one day really exploring the old city and then going to the Wagga border, obviously, as well. Um, So I think that that was a really good way to do it for me because it wasn't like a huge culture shock. But I do agree as well. I think if you were to fly into Islamabad, it actually wouldn't be a huge culture shock to start with either, because after Lahore, we, we went up to Islamabad.
0: So you went to the the border ceremony, I guess twice. You've you've seen it twice,
1: three times now. Twice on the India wow. side and once on Pakistan side. Yeah.
0: What is it like after the after the third time? Is it as interesting or is it, you know, does it yeah, get old? Definitely. yeah definitely?
1: I think so. No, I think um, I guess because the second time I went on the India side, I was when i applied for the visa. So I was so desperate to be like, in a few days time I wanted to be there. Um, and then being on the Pakistan side, um, just, you know, even obviously it's so much smaller, but actually I think it was a lot louder. Um, I mean, they do it really well. Like when you're in the Pakistan side, you literally can't hear anything from India. And I mean, the India side is so loud, but then when you're in India, you can't hear anything from the Pakistan side. And as it actually turns out the Pakistan side is really loud. I don't really know how they do it, but you kind of just hear the side that you're in.
0: So when I was there, so I've been to the mm. Wagga border, and I went to the to the ceremony or the standoff. I, it, it's kind of a theatrical standoff, I would call it, um, because yeah. it is very, very India and Pakistan. Like, if those two countries are going to do something, it's going to have that kind of flair to it. I think if you've been to both places, you just you know. Um, so what I noticed was what I was told was that on the India side, they make it a point to have women dancing on the Indian side
1: mm-hmm. and
0: to have women featured in, so it's basically for people listening, it's this, I mean, like you have, okay, you have guards from the India side and the Pakistan side of the border and they, they kind of march up and down. And on the India side it, it it's like a, almost like a big party kind of, I mean, the people just like singing and, and dancing. And- yeah there's all this music um and what i remember is on the pakistan side it, it was more serious you know it wasn't it wasn't the same atmosphere as it is on the indian side um so it's very different it's almost intimidating to see the the pakistani side from the indian side because you know it's it's not it doesn't have that same uh, you know party vibe i guess if if you want to call it that uh did you feel that at all with you know when you're on the indian side and you see the pakistani side and
1: Definitely, yeah, and even from where I was um, on the India side was quite close. I was in the the tourist kind of tourist section, Mm -hmm. Um, so we were quite close to the border. And just looking over, you could see um, the one side which was just all men, and just all in their kind of like local clothing. Um, And actually, as it turns out, when I was actually on that. Pakistan side we didn't sit exactly there we sat around the other side where there were more women and school children but just the view that I got was just all men and so already I'd kind of and I kind of thought anyway that Pakistan would be quite male dominated and just from this kind of like slither that I could see like through the fence it was just men so I was like wow this is going to be interesting going on that side um, as it happens once I was there like I said I was kind of we were kind of put in a section where it was there was a school group there um, there was a couple of women and so it wasn't actually um, yeah kind of as intense as I thought but yeah you're totally right I did kind of get that thing but it was a lot more serious over that side as well
0: yeah now that you mention it I remember where there's a tourist section so where basically the tourists sit and I remember I think it's like toward the left or something like that and you really do only just see the men so it's like you're like okay yeah. i guess there are no women on that side w- was my impression but clearly there are women on the other side on the pakistani side and and as a foreigner you can you can go there right i, I mean
1: I- yeah absolutely yeah it's just just as easy well probably even easier than going the indian side because obviously there's less people um yeah you just walk straight in i just remember there was definitely also a uh a men's side and obviously a women's side going in. Um and so yeah I just kind of breezed through the women's side and then I obviously had to wait for Tom and we also took our taxi driver with us as well in so I had to wait for those two. Um but yeah there were still women there definitely I think probably more like foreign women. But again I think the school group was if probably all girls, if maybe mixed, but definitely a lot of girls.
0: So you're on the Indian side and you you just walk over, you know, you go over to the Pakistani side. What's what hits you at first? Is it totally different or is it pretty much the same? And, you know, sometimes those border areas are so close that it doesn't, you don't really see anything at first, but what was that like?
1: Um, I just, the immigration side of Pakistan was definitely less like organized um and even like I had to fill in like my passport details and you know one of like the huge books that you often get sometimes uh, you get them in a lot of Indian hotels actually but I was just like wow this is funny again just filling in a book with your passport details. it's just very like old school um and then I think yeah I initially went to like walk through somewhere in immigration and they were like wait wait like you need to like have a stamp and I was like oh there's just there's no one there at the desks kind of thing Um, And it was a lot more chilled and then also. of a lot of guys was asking like where are you going and i was kind of nervous at first about the concept of asking where i was going in pakistan because you know i had done my visa to say um to get a letter of invitation to say i was on a tour but i wasn't and i was kind of worried that they might look into that but i mean the men just really they just didn't care (laughs) there really wasn't it was more like interested like where are you going rather than anything kind of overly official so it was definitely a lot more chilled out um kind of unorganized, but I guess they just that's just the nature of how it is there. Um but apart from that it wasn't much different. No, and then I just got in a taxi. Um taxi driver tried to rip me off so, so standard. Um, and I had to direct the taxi driver to the hotel. So standard no matter where you are. Um but yeah I would say like I said and then getting even into Lahore City, I guess because it's still Punjab it was still not too different. Mm-hmm. It was the the Religion, I guess, and that obviously really came up in the rest of Pakistan is the difference. It's what people are wearing mm-hmm. um, And just this kind of really strong influence of Islam, which obviously isn't the case over in India
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned the taxi drivers and I I yeah it, After once I realized I could use uber or kareem, that was mm-hmm. pretty much all I did. But yeah, the taxi drivers are some of <laughs> just terrible like terrible um, But, you know, that's that's common in a lot of the world. So it's not it's not too bad. But, you know, it's just it's like because when I was in Pakistan, everybody's so friendly every really, honestly, the thing I loved about it was I felt like I was the first tourist to ever go there. You know, Mm -hmm. people they you know, they don't see as many tourists and so they treat you differently when you're there, you really have this unique experience to have, I think, to be in such a developed country and have so few tourists and then you can kind of get around but then you get to the and everybody's really nice but then you get to the taxi drivers and it's like they're waiting for they're waiting to just you know rip you off but uh that's funny so um that that i I, i'm glad i wasn't the only one (laughs)
1: no no (laughs)
0: So, so you get to Lahore. Uh, for me, Lahore was, what I remember was I went to this Sufi festival. I don't know if you if you went to the Sufi festival.
1: No, it was on my list to go to. I'd read it on Alex's blog, Lost, mm-hmm. um, yeah, lost That Purpose. And we were just so tired after. We were actually in Lahore on a Thursday, which is when they have the Sufi night, um, I believe. But after we'd been sightseeing all day, we were just so tired. So um, we actually didn't go, which I would have loved to.
0: So as a that that was one of the wildest travel experiences I have had yeah. it was just people were like you know I'm thinking Islamic country and a lot of people have you know were saying oh in in Turkey do you you know do you drink alcohol do you have alcohol I'm like yeah people people drink here like it's it's not an issue and they were very very surprised and you know in Pakistan you can't really find alcohol and so on but then you go to this Sufi festival where everybody's just smoking weed and opium and like a lot, like everybody is just wow. in the open, getting super high and dancing. And it's just, I was like, well, you know, and then they were telling me alcohol is bad, but but this stuff is okay. And I was like, well, okay, all right. You know, so, so that was kind of like, when I saw that, it was like, this is a country full of just contradictions which makes it so interesting it's like it's not it's not what i what i was expecting um but i guess for for you you know what i would wonder is you know i got stopped a lot you know in various cars for security checks I, i i don't know if you had that experience but they would pull me out of the car you know mostly for the driver and then i i don't know if i drew attention or what but they would pull me out question me Take my passport at these different stands and and stops, and so I was, I was like the first couple times it happened, I got kind of nervous, like what's going on, and then I just realized it's just a standard check. Um, but did you have any kind of worries, uh, you know, as a as a woman when you're there, were you, you know, worried that people would treat you different or you'd have to, you know, like dress differently or anything like that?
1: I was a little bit worried beforehand yeah and I thought that I would definitely have to cover up more I mean obviously I'd just been in India and I spent a lot of time there anyway so a lot of my clothing is kind of like fairly fairly modest anyway Um, kind of like baggy you know baggy trousers and t-shirt that kind of thing but I did which is kind of funny now I kind of just thought I would have to cover my hair and actually just before I left um, Amritsar that night I remember like just trying to buy some more clothes that were just like even more modest and then when I got there yeah Tom had already spent a couple of days in Islamabad and he was just like no like don't worry you'll be fine um and then yeah obviously I never ever felt that I had to at all but I did definitely make an, an effort to dress yeah, like even more modestly wearing kind of like t-shirts and um, kind of having more of my legs covered. But I mean, even in a t-shirt with my arms out, it was totally fine. And by the time we got up north, it was quite cold. So I was like fully wearing all of my clothes then through the through, um, because of the cold. Um, but I think we didn't really get stopped by many checkpoints either, actually. So that was something I was worried about. And I'd heard about um and again I was worried because of I was on this letter of invitation and I get very anxious like that. And actually it's one of the reasons why I was very keen to go to Pakistan, like I said, for quite a while. I was planning on going in um August and then I decided not to, and I pushed it back a bit. And I'd even told Tom, like, because he said Pakistan was in his future travel plans, and I was like, wow, I really want to go as well. It was kind of around the same time, so I was like, let's try and make it happen. And then we weren't too sure. Um and then I was like oh I should still go on my own but the kind of things that worry me are kind of how to get around by yourself and you know because there was not really that much information online there was quite a few videos but no kind of blog posts on exactly how to get around so that's why I was kind of worried Um, and luckily then because I was with Tom I would kind of or just like with any Um, you know when you're traveling with someone those worries kind of disappear a little bit you're like well if we're both stuck then it's fine at least it's not just me that's stuck Um, and yeah I was worried about getting questioned because of the visa and the letter of invitation but actually that didn't happen at all again like a bit like you like no one really cared and if we did get stopped in a couple of places it was just very like mandatory they have to take your details Mm um kind of really friendly guys as well like we kind of made an effort to yeah make sure like we spoke to everyone like hello and ask some questions and so kind of most of the time I think it turned out to be quite a nice experience um and I guess I was also worried about even things like, yeah, would we, like, we were just friends, but we were just sharing a room, and I was worried about, like, would we have to say that we're married because it's such an Islamic country? But, I mean, no one asked at all. And maybe some people assumed that we were together because we were male and female traveling together, sharing a room, so maybe they didn't even think to ask. But on any occasion, we no one asked at all, which also really surprised me.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you about that dynamic of, you know, um, If they would let you share a room, for example, if you're not married or if they would find it strange that you're not married, just, you know, that that you're you're traveling together, but you're not married, uh, you know, would they find that strange? uh, You know, Uh, did any of that happen? Any questions or anything like that?
1: No, not at all. Because I mean, even again, if you look, even probably some travel advice for India now is to say like, wear a ring, which I've never felt like I needed to wear a ring in India, even as a solo traveler. But then I was kind of thinking like, wow, would we need to do this in Pakistan? Like, would I need to? And actually now since going to Pakistan, I've been to a few more Islamic countries and I've been learning a lot more about Islam myself. So now I'm even more surprised (laughs) that we didn't get asked because I realize actually now how kind of important that is, whereas I didn't actually necessarily at the time. Um, But I think it is just that traveler perspective. You know, you're foreigners. They know you're not Muslim. um, And... I mean, at the end of the day, firstly, yeah, they know you're not Muslim. So actually they, I think people are pretty open to know that in your culture, you don't have to be married, you know, in order to to be with a man or be girlfriend, boyfriend, that's fine. Um, And then secondly, I think people are not really gonna question you, especially if you've booked a room, they're gonna kind of get the money or, I mean, if they turn you away, then they don't get to sell a room. Um, But even then, yeah, there was still, there was nothing. It really surprised me, but it, it was good.
0: Yeah, that's interesting and, and as far as as dress you know from from what i saw i i think i would think you know you can it's always weird when i describe it but i think if you just wear pants and you know shirts i guess you're fine like would that be what but you you would know better than i you know what you know as far as the women in pakistan i didn't find them dressing any really differently than you would find in in a european country to be honest uh, i i don't i mean i you see some women are covered and some aren't and all kinds of different dress i was that surprised me to be honest i, I wasn't expecting that but what do you think in terms of dress would what would uh, a woman who's going there need to know um
1: Yeah so I'd say definitely just cover your shoulders a t-shirt and probably no like strappy tops um, you know kind of like a high neck t-shirt and then yeah with trousers I mean jeans would be totally fine I think even if they were kind of tighter because yeah a lot of the women I saw in Pakistan are wearing jeans Um, maybe you might want to have like something slightly longer to like cover your bum maybe if they're like tighter jeans Um, but a lot of the time I just tend to wear and I wore kind of like three-quarter length quite baggy trousers anyway so they're not really figure hugging so um that was something I was trying to avoid. And yeah, I mean I think that you'd never probably want to wear shorts in Pakistan anyway. It's just not that kind of place anyway, but I would definitely just advise against it. Um but apart from that, yeah, having kind of like arms out and ankles out and things, you're totally right. And you know, in the same again, now I've been to a few more Islamic countries and it's really surprised me how many and I follow a few Pakistani like ladies online, how they don't actually mo- a lot of them don't cover their heads either, which is probably there's probably countries where more Muslim women cover their heads than in Pakistan, and you know we see Pakistan as a lot more of like a or I did um, I don't know more like tighter Islamic country mm-hmm. potentially. So yeah, so that's now again because I've been learning a lot more and been observing a lot more that also surprises me.
0: Yeah, one thing I noticed which jumped out at me was how many women I saw working. At hotels or restaurants at you know especially compared to India where you don't see that really often I mean you I can't think of a single time a couple of times and usually at the better like upper you know like budget hotels I would say you might see a woman behind the check-in counter but it's pretty rare I think in India in general Um, but in Pakistan it it was so common I I was really surprised I don't know if you had this you, you saw you noticed the same
1: yeah, I did definitely. Yeah, I think probably less up in the mountains. I'm just trying to think and probably more maybe like in Islamabad. Um, but I know for me, because there's a lot of places where you have to go through the security. So obviously the, security, the women's security is, um, you know, a woman is working there. Um, and I always had quite nice experiences, like even just just kind of saying like, hello. And I had a few times, which was funny because I have a few tattoos on my arms Mm -hmm. and I was wearing like a T-shirt and I had at least twice a woman kind of like pointing at them and like asking if you can like rub them off. And I was like, no, it's like real. Um, And the same in the, you know, the bathrooms and stuff, obviously women are cleaning them and actually, you know, that's an, that's an experience that I remember saying to Tom, like, you're never going to have with the women here because they're not really going to speak to you as much. Um, and even when we were, say, like in Lahore and people were asking for a lot of selfies, the women were a lot more, didn't really want selfies with him. They wanted them with me. Um, and we're kind of, we had like a better conversation. So that was definitely nice. Um, I think it's, rare really for a woman to have I think generally as well when men travel that's like everything is more open mm-hmm. um so for me to have that experience as a woman and think that you know you probably won't have it that was kind of nice for me <laughs> as well
0: yeah and uh, you know I, I think you know so in some of my travels there was a couple of places Yemen comes to mind years ago where I would have really liked to have asked some of the women that, you know, we came across some questions, but it, it's just really, it wasn't acceptable. I mean, not, I, I think people would have been fine-ish uh, with it, but it's 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 difficult. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, yeah, I think as a woman, you do get a different kind kind of that experience that you're accessible now to this whole population that a male traveler might not have, might not have access to, they might not comfortable speaking to a man and and so on
1: yeah no exactly yeah no that was really nice
0: yeah I remember in Amritsar when I was there I went with some friends and everybody wanted to take a selfie if you were a blonde woman that was like you you win the selfie you know whatever (laughs) award people would look at me I think he's foreign but no can you take our picture with it with, with, you know, it's like all right i guess i'm the photographer now so it wasn't yeah it wasn't so interesting um uh, so uh what else did you do in lahore how was i like the city a lot i think it's one of the most interesting cities that i have i've been to i i I've, i found it like a, all these contradictions similar to india not crowded hectic all sorts of things.
1: To be honest, we really didn't spend that much time in Lahore. Um, The first day after I arrived off the Wagga border, um, I was just trying to think what we did. And we had like an admin day of like getting SIM cards and Tom needed to go to hospital. So we ended up in like a hospital, which is always those, you know, he was like, I'm so sorry, it's your first day in Pakistan and we're dragging you around hospitals. But I was like, no, this is like part of travel, you know, and it's interesting to see. And it's especially when you're long-term, you know, you just have to have admin time doing that Um, and then the next day we just went into the old city Um, we went into Lahore Fort um, and then to be honest we just kind of went to the Wagga border and then left the next day so I really didn't see that much um, but I'm definitely I would definitely go back and spend a few more days there in the future
0: Mm -hmm. and and why did you go to was it a stomach issue or was it something completely separate or
1: No. Yeah. I think he'd been, he'd been traveling a lot the last few um, months. And so I think he had like an ear infection or something that he gets when he's, yeah. So, um, but that was also interesting in a case of like, there was a lot of people in the queue and then, I mean, we felt bad, but he did just give some money and he kind of cut the queue a little bit. Um, But the, you know, the guys, that was our first, like my first experience, I guess being in Pakistan, Um, the security guard, like people were so, trying to help as well which was really obviously really really nice
0: and when you you know speaking about like clothing or or anything actually i mean can you is pretty much the advice for india the advice for a woman in pakistan i mean do they more or less the same in terms of the differences that it would make for a woman you know in terms of clothing or behavior or anything like that
1: yeah i definitely think so yeah and i think the biggest another thing that as a woman traveler, you definitely experience that maybe uncomfortable is the whole selfie thing. Um, you know, for us in Lahore, fort, and then when we went to Islamabad, we went to the Faisal Mosque um, on a Friday. So, obviously, it was prayer time. So, it was extremely busy. Um, and we had a lot of selfies, which was fine because we were together and I was happy and there were group selfies and it was okay. But like for me, for example, when I travel India by myself, I very much tend to say no to selfies these days, unless it's with a group of women or sometimes they're young girls and you can tell they just really, really want a photo. So I will say yes then because it's kind of, it's a nice thing to do. But when it's a group of guys, I just say like, no, because I know one selfie leads to two and then three and then it's 10 and then it's a lot. Um, So I would say, yeah, even that kind of advice that I would say for India to be a solo female is the say, yeah, exactly the same in Pakistan. you know, people are very intrigued, but, you know, I think it's something that can make us feel very overwhelmed, even when people, you know, it's nothing malicious at all, but it is just something about it that just feels very overwhelming when you kind of have cameras put in your face, and a lot of people all of a sudden around you, you kind of look up, and you're like, wow, I'm the center of attention, and I didn't quite realize, Um, so that's something that I would say applies to both, and yeah, the same kind of, yeah, the same dress, and I think the same in terms of yeah, probably just the same, you know, people in what um Pakistan very much like WhatsApp, just like they do in India as well. And so I'm always very conscious if someone says, you know, they've got WhatsApp, if they're a taxi driver, things like that. I always say, you know, let me take your WhatsApp number, don't take mine. And again, it's probably it's nothing gonna be nothing malicious, but you may just get some unwanted messages coming that you don't, you know, it's just a little bit annoying. So I always say like take their number because actually they could be a good contact and usually are definitely. Um But yeah, very much similar travel advice.
0: And I guess annoying messages because you're a woman or uh, is my question, you know, I'm just imagining that would you get like weird, you know, like creepy messages or that kind of thing? Or is it just you would get, you know, messages that you don't want?
1: I think, yeah, just kind of like a, hi, dear, how are you <laughs> message, which is very common from Indian and people. I mean, and again, just not these countries, very much all around the world anyway. Um, so yeah, I don't think it would get anything to too kind of like inappropriate or too creepy. It's just like, it's just not what you want. And often when you're in that position, or even like me, we're having social media, you know, often you have so many messages coming from people that you know, you can't kind of be friendly to people all the time, anyway. Even though that sounds really bad.
0: And so, beyond Lahore, did you get to explore any other parts of Pakistan? Uh, did yeah. You, so yeah. we, f-
1: oh, yeah. So we went to up to Islamabad, um, and then we were due to fly into um, Gilgit, and our flight was cancelled, which was is very very common. Um, the Islamabad to Gilgit flight. So then we ended up with one more day in Islamabad and that's like one of my biggest kind of, I guess, travel advice as well for people in Pakistan is just to stay flexible and not to book too much in advance because there is a lot of things that can happen that um, you don't foresee. Um, So we then couldn't even go to get a flight to Gilgit for another three days. Uh, So then we were like, okay, we can't stay in Islamabad this time. So we knew we only had about two and a half weeks in total. Um, So we ended up flying to Skardu. Which and everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer of that. And we just it, we ended up just having such a good time um, in Skardu, a couple of nights on both lakes, Upper and Lower Kachura Lake. Uh, then we the road from Skardu to Gilgit was being is and was under construction when we went. A lot of people said it would take you a lot of time, so we went through the DSI National Park, which was just yeah absolutely phenomenal. We rented a Um, a jeep and a driver and he took us there and then on to Hunza and then we were in Hunza for a couple of days like Karimabad and then a little bit further up past Atabad Lake and um, the Husseini suspension bridge and the kind of village which was also just a total highlight Um, and then we had all fingers crossed (laughs) that our flight from Gilgit to Islamabad wouldn't be cancelled and thankfully it wasn't so we went back to Islamabad. Tom flew back, and then I um, travelled from. I had a few extra days in Islamabad just to really catch up on work. Then I went down to Lahore on my own, and then Lahore back into Amritsar in India. Which is so, about two weeks.
0: Yeah, that, that that I saw some of your pictures from the mountains in, in your videos as well. Um, I didn't make it up there. Uh, if you know, and I, I saw that you run tours as well. So if you were gonna if if you were gonna put like a must see. And you had to pick let's say between if you're in islamabad you have to pick between the mountains and lahore w- w- which one do you go for
1: the mountains 100 it is just absolutely stunning and like the karakoram highway just is absolutely breathtaking and the villages up there the small villages um and they're all pretty accessible as well you know especially up the karakoram highway there's a lot of villages off of the um highway and there is accommodation you know we found i think it was Golmit, which we'd found a hostel around there that had been recommended to us and then you know in Pakistan and this is one of the things that I loved so much about Pakistan is it's kind of old school traveling with the kind of you know every foreigner that you meet there in our experience was very friendly you know in Karimabad we met a couple of people that were doing like um oh gosh what was uh like flying off of the mountains like um
0: with a suit? Parachuting. You know, uh, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Parachuting. Yeah. Which was like just hearing their stories was um, fantastic. And we met a, a group of um, guys who were doing a motorcycle tour, a like two week tour up the from Islamabad up the Karakoram Highway. Um, everyone was just very friendly. You know, you could stop in Karimabad, which is very kind of like touristy, kind of like backpackery town. Um, And just speak to people, which is what I love. And I think, you know, traveling is really, especially, you know, that used to be Southeast Asia, but it's not really anymore. So I loved that. And it's, again, people are on the kind of, especially now, because I'd say that yeah, the kind of route is Islamabad up to Hunza and then a few different places up in Hunza. So we bumped into the same people a couple of times. And again, I just, yeah, personally just love that kind of travel where you know you're going to bump into people and then you're like, oh, hi. <laughs> and so I definitely as well for kind of like solo travel would um, to reassure people and especially like females to say that once you're up there, it kind of feels like, yeah, it's such an unvisited place, but you know, if it's in the right season weather-wise, there will be people up there and you can guarantee that the, other travelers that are there will be friendly and they'll be up for, you know, you know, you say to them, Oh, can I join you? And um, where are you going today? Where are you going afterwards? Like I can pretty much guarantee that the, the travelers that are going to Pakistan right now are the travelers that will be happy for you to join along or happy for you to you to help or put you in touch with other people. Um, so I think that's really reassuring.
0: Yeah. And if you look at the map, so for people who don't know, these are places that are pretty far North. And I think if you did a Google maps, and you didn't look at the pictures because the pictures are from that area are just really incredible. There's some stunning, stunning views, but you know, were you worried or what was your experience? Because I mean, this is in a place that's close to, you know, Kashmir relatively speaking, you know, and it's in this kind of corner with, with China and Tajikistan. And, you know, people seeing that on the map might just go, those are great, you know, mountain views, but no way I'm going there. It doesn't, you know, what 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 do you was it different at all? Did you have those worries?
1: Um I didn't personally know. Um yeah, it didn't really faze me at all to be honest. But I maybe because I'd seen a few, you know, YouTube videos and I knew that people did there was like a couple of companies that do run group tours and they were up there. Like I'd heard that Kareem about is kind of, you know, it's kind of backpacker as you're gonna get. Um and so yeah, I wasn't too worried. I mean, for me I had heard, you know, about kind of the um eastern coast of Pakistan alongside Afghanistan you know obviously to be kind of don't go but I mean even then I've seen travel advice to say not to go to Peshawar um but then I think even since when we went and actually Tom did go he went on a press trip after our trip and he went up there and it was fine um within reason so I think even stuff like that it's changing very fast in Pakistan to what you think may not be safe as to what actually kind of is now
0: so now you're in Lahore. You're traveling alone, um, and how is is that different at all? Uh, you know, I think, I think, the misconception of Pakistan or the main you know thing that people think about is one terrorism, and then, you know, probably safety. It's going to just be general safety. And as a woman, was that did you find it difficult or different traveling on your own?
1: Um, I think just in terms of the staring was definitely more intense when I was on my own. Um, and I even remember a couple of times when we were up in the mountains, like, you know, I'd kind of go on a walk out on my own or we'd, me and Tom would be in different places, like doing different things. Um, so the staring was definitely more intense. But um, for me, because I spent a lot of time in India and a few other countries where you often kind of stare at, it doesn't really phase me too much. And I'm very aware now it is just kind of curiosity. But apart from that i don't think there was anything i think if anything i didn't really get any catcalling comments which maybe i thought i would get um which was nice <laughs> and um yeah it was very much just staring but i think as soon as you know that that's not malicious then it's okay and i mean overall i would say that i wouldn't recommend pakistan to like a super first time traveler anyway um i would say you know to at least have been to Maybe other Middle Eastern countries. Probably India is again. They're so different. They really, really are. I totally agree that once I was there, I was like, well, wow, you can't even compare the two. But I guess in terms of like culture-wise, but in terms of our travel advice here, it's it's very similar. Um, so yeah, I think say if you've been to India and you've travelled there, you'll probably be quite prepared for Pakistan. Um, and again, from me learning more about Islam and going to other Islamic countries, I realised now that you know. I think we see a lot of the men as actually being a threat but maybe because they're staring or maybe because of what they're wearing or you hear about women's rights and oppression and everything like that. But actually it's really, I didn't experience anything negative in that sense at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, as far as, yeah, the staring, at least from from my perspective as, as a man, right, that you do notice that the amount of time people stare is different for every culture. Like some cultures, I want to say Germans do a lot of staring. Sorry, sorry, Germans. But you know, there's this longer that's maybe I feel long, you know, in Turkey, people tend to stare a longer time, uh, especially older guys who just just stare. So it's kind of, you know, it takes some getting used to. Um, But I don't know if the, you know, I mean, I think, as you mentioned, I don't know if the dynamic is different when you're a woman. But I think, like you said, it's mostly curiosity. It's not you know malicious or uh, especially in a place like pakistan where there's really not that many foreign tourists i mean i think something like 75 percent of the tourists to pakistan are of pakistani descent it's some Mm -hmm. crazy number like that
1: yeah and that yeah and i think even in you know we had women i had women staring obviously at me and i mean for me it's always just reply with a smile and then generally you know they always smile back and then it actually turns into quite a nice um you know quite a nice thing and and the same even with men as well or just saying hi back and you know they often probably don't know what to say to you either like you said you know you can often be you know tourists and not seeing that much um and actually as well like on the note of um domestic travel within Pakistan that was something that really surprised me as well um because I didn't quite realize again how much I guess this was another thing I was thinking looking online thinking you know there's not that much accommodation online or there's no reviews of things and you know itineraries etc but actually once I got there what I didn't expect was just how much Pakistanis travel so that really is the infrastructure there you know even those buses from Lahore to Islamabad I think they run like probably every half an hour all day and you know they're really good you could get like deluxe VIP buses which I didn't (laughs) expect at all um and yeah, when you get to hotels, you know, there there is plenty there. There's taxi drivers, there's people, places to eat. Um, and we had some really nice experiences with um, Pakistani tourists as well. Um, and generally, you know, I guess the kind of people that are from Karachi, Lahore, Islamabad that are travelling. Um, You know, they generally can speak good English, so we actually had some really, really nice conversations. And that's another thing I would definitely say to people to also engage, um, whether you're male or female, with you know, with them. Um, And especially if you're female, like if you see a group of men that are from Lahore or something, you know, like again, just don't be intimidated because they are just, you know, they're kind of just on boys' holiday. That's what we kind of found, Um, like wives and stuff at home. But they were just very, very, you know, happy to chat, and we had some really, really nice and valuable conversations with them.
0: And yeah, I mean, that that was my experience as well. I went to, I mean, this might be different between, you know, men and women, but I would go to tea shops and people would buy me tea. It was very common, I very common. And I was surprised. At first I was thinking it was a scam, you know, my just sort of, you know, when you travel, especially in the beginning, when you're in a place, you have this like heightened guard up because so you don't know what's normal and what's not. And you know, people buying you things like tea at a restaurant or at a cafe is pretty unusual anywhere in the world. Like that's not super common. So, so the first time it happened, I thought, okay, this is a scam, but I'm going to go along with it. These, I mean, how many people could they? I mean, what could possibly come out of this? And I was like, oh, it wasn't a scam. They, we, you know, they got my name, and they were like, yeah, we'll follow, we'll find you on Facebook or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, fine. And then I left and that that was pretty a common experience. I think it's really because, you know, as a tourist, people are kind of appreciative that you're there. They don't have that many tourists. Um, So I don't know if you had any experiences like that, or, you know, if if being a woman, maybe in those situations would be different if they might not approach you the same way, for example.
1: Yeah, I think again, because I was with with Tom, I think it was, we were approached totally fine. Um, I definitely did notice that, kind of people approach Tom first, um, and then would say hello to me. But I guess, you know, really, that is, I mean, it wasn't a problem. Um, and, you know, I was very keen to like, give out my hand, shake my hand. And because I think, again, with an Islamic culture, I didn't know men are so used to that. And I was like, no, I'm like, I'm, you can talk to me just as much as you can talk to him. Um, but I would say that I think if you were traveling completely alone, I think that You would still get that, but I think some people are going to be less, um, are going to be more hesitant to kind of invite you in. Like for example, um, I was in Saudi Arabia earlier this year and a lot of the videos that I'd watched on YouTube were all, you know, kind of men doing vlogs and saying, you know, I've been a guy just, you know, told me to get in his car and he's going to show me the city. And, you know, they told me to come here and they told me to come here and, I was kind of like, Wow, okay, like people are very really nice here i'm going to be so open to those experiences as well and Although I had an amazing experience in Saudi Arabia in the end, and I really met a lot of locals, but it, it was nothing like how it was in people 's YouTube videos and it clicked that it's probably because they were men and for I know this is a different country, but for example, in Saudi Arabia, you know a man is not going to say like, "Come in my car and I'll show you the city um, and I think that that's very similar probably in Pakistan as well, um, so again, if you are a woman. And you've, you know, watched YouTube videos that are really good, but just be aware that if it's a man showing it, you, yeah, you may have slightly different experiences um, and people may not be as open. But again, I think that just goes back to people not knowing, like, you know, and it is a hard thing because if you invite a woman in and then she thinks it's weird, then that's definitely not what they want. Um, you know, and they are probably just being friendly. Um, so I think it can be a slightly different experience, but I don't think it would be all that different.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, being a woman is this added dynamic of all kinds of things that aren't really as, as threatening for a man. So, you know, somebody says, you know, get in my car, give you a ride. Like I would be, I would still go, I don't know. <laughs> you know. I don't know about yeah. that. But you know, yeah, I think as a, as a, I would imagine as a woman, there's this whole other dynamic that you have to worry about. Um, you know, that you're like, well, you know, this could be a potentially dangerous situation, even if it's not, and you you don't want to just, and when you're traveling, you you want to be as, you want to be cautious. I think everybody, you know, you 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 gotta slowly mm-hmm. learn what's, you know, what's legitimate, what's not, and it takes time.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've yeah like been traveling for quite a long time, so I'm very like trusting of my instincts, and yeah, there are some people that I would just turn down stuff to, you know. in in any country and then there's some people that you just get something about and you're like no like they seem like a really nice person and and generally they do and often I wonder like oh why did I trust them and not them but I think instinctively as women we you know we I think if you really choose, like I yeah, know to trust my instincts now. Um, and yeah, in terms of being invited, you know, even into people's houses for dinner, it kind of goes against everything that you've ever been taught and grown up with and those instinctual things of fear as well. Um, but again, I think that also goes back to if you're quite an experienced traveler, I wouldn't be so worried. I think that, you know, you'll kind of get to know it very well and... No one probably means harm. And again, it probably doesn't even mean harm, but it's more just an awkward situation. It could turn into an awkward situation, not necessarily a bad violin or anything like that. I really don't think it would. But, you know, it's also just not good to avoid like an awkward situation where you're like, I don't want to leave, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, so that's probably something I'd keep, keep in mind.
0: So I just have a couple of few questions uh, left. Um First of all, it makes me wonder, so when people ask me what it's like to travel as a female somewhere, I I appreciate the question. It's, I can't give an answer firsthand. I try to guess more or less. I feel like I'm kind of on target, like clothing wise, I think it's pretty, you know, pretty easy to tell, right? Like you can Mm -hmm. just see what the local women are wearing and usually pretty much around the world. It's the same thing. It's shoulders, arms, legs, right? Like it's just going into the core. Like, The more, you know, you either cover up more or less Uh, in terms of safety and danger, though, you know, I I always wonder. So I guess as a as a as a woman thinking about it from a like, is it safe for a solo male to travel? You you know, is it the same kind of conversion? So if you were going to give advice to a solo male traveling there, you know, do you think it would be different than traveling to India solo, for example, or to, you know, Russia solo or wherever?
1: I think probably the same as maybe India. I think actually men could get often just in general travel circumstances can get caught up maybe more in the the being ripped off thing potentially because I often do think that I don't maybe get ripped off as much as what some people do. And I'd say like a lot of the time, again, I travel a lot so it's you know, a bit like you, you know tend to sniff out the things that don't seem quite right quite early on and I also kind of have a very much like don't mess with me attitude on myself a lot of the time in certain countries. So I don't know if that kind of helps deflect stuff, but I think that men potentially could get, yeah, I think the ripping off is maybe even more so than, than women. But,
0: yeah, yeah, them, them, sure. but
1: again, I can't give advice for a man because I don't really know either. It's that thing. Yeah. Of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, I guess in my experience, you tend, like if, if you're ripped off, yeah, that people will try, I think, probably more now that you bring it up but there's also this dynamic of of aggression so mm. i mean i've gone to india a couple of times and gotten intentionally scammed and made youtube videos about it and uh, in the second video in delhi delhi was much more aggressive than varanasi where i did the first one i had to cut out like huge sections of it because the, i had to put the camera away because i thought the guy was going to literally attack me and my friend mm. i was just waiting for it he got so so angry um So I think if, you know, if we were women, that probably wouldn't have happened. But I also think if we were women, now that you bring it up, that they probably wouldn't have approached us. And we really tried hard to get scammed. I mean, we were really, really like, it took hours and hours and hours to try to get even one person to scam us, you know.
1: Oh, wow. I need to watch this video. (laughs) <laughs> so then
0: what we what, what we decided to get scammed was let's say let's just look around like we don't know like we've never seen the planet earth before and we literally did that and within like 10 minutes somebody came up to us it was it was funny so yeah and um i've seen your videos so i have to ask about the tech uh which is something i love to talk about how do you film them what kind of equipment electronics do you travel with what did you bring on your on your trip to pakistan
1: so I mainly use these days just a GoPro. Um, I recently bought the newest GoPro, which has had zero use now in the last few months. <laughs> um, but yeah, in Pakistan, I had the GoPro, but I also had a Canon M50, I think it was. Um, and then obviously just the iPhone. Yeah. So I don't travel with too much stuff. Um, Tom was traveling with a big camera. And again, like at no point ever did we feel kind of worried about tech or safety or anything. Um And actually, again, from visiting like a few more Islamic countries, I think that actually the term theft isn't really a thing in many countries. It's not even something that I tend to worry about in India, to be honest. Um, I think it's just not in the culture a lot of the time. Um, Yeah, I love a GoPro just for ease of just getting it out and people are not too intimidated by it. It's not the best quality, of course, but I also tend to go by, especially with vlogging, um, you know, what kind of clips you can get better than no clips like if you can get a clip on a gopro it's okay it's not as great but it's you can get the clip compared to like trying to get out a big camera and big setup um which can take more time and people are less inti- more intimidated so then you just don't get the clip
0: mm-hmm. and you use the built-in microphone on the gopro do you have a separate mic microphone i use the built-in
1: one mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's why my yeah well, it was very windy up north as well actually so it wasn't always ideal <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I get the big setup. I mean, I always have a big setup. Even for this, I went way too overboard with these wires and all kinds of stuff around here that is not really necessary. And cause Zoom, you know, we're recording is it, gonna cut it down to like 720p anyway. So it doesn't there's no need for this feed to be in 4K, but it is for some reason. <laughs> okay. Um so yeah, thanks. I really appreciate your time. I think um, you know, this is gonna be really interesting for for women who want to know what it's like to go to Pakistan. But I think at the same time, why you should go there. I think there are some, I, I, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think I tend to agree that it's not a novice travel country. Like, you, you, you know what I mean? Like if you're going solo, it's probably not the easiest place to go. Um, I don't know if you would yeah, agree. No, I'd, I'd th- say that about India as well. I, I don't think it's the... I think it's easier than Pakistan for a first solo trip because mm. it has more tourist, tourism infrastructure. Like, you know, there are much more, there are more tours, there are more, you know, hotels that cater to backpackers and you have all these kinds of different things where you don't have that in Pakistan and you've got to be way in both places. You have to be ready to be very flexible, which new travelers usually aren't, you know,
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And that's the thing, that's kind of what gave me even as an experienced traveler anxiety before going, because I was looking online, I couldn't really find much or agents or, you know, hotels, but actually when we got there, it was all there and it was fine. You know, we spoke to a few people and, but yeah, if you were a new traveler and you were solo, that would be, I think going to a country where you couldn't pre-book anything would probably be a little bit daunting. Whereas yeah, with India, you can do all of that. Um, But yeah, I think it's just got so much. And I think especially as well for like an experienced traveler, like I said, the reason that I love it is it feels like you're going back in time a little bit in terms of really exploring somewhere new. Obviously, there has been tourism there before and kind of pre like 9-11 and things like that. But it's still very off the beaten path. And I think it still will be for a couple of years as well. Um, And again, like the people that you meet there are just generally going to be really nice people. Um, And yeah, it's kind of that, yeah, traveling, just taking it day by day, which is something that often we can't do anymore. Even in Southeast Asia, you feel like you kind of need to book everything now. So it's kind of, yeah, just that old way of traveling, which I really, really enjoy.
0: So for women who are either solo or with friends who have some travel experience, who maybe want to get to a place that's a little bit adventurous, you know, a little bit different, would you recommend, you'd recommend, Pakistan as a as a destination. Any yeah. caveats to that? Like older travelers, or I don't know, short people, or something like that.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. No, I think it's very open to yeah, kind of anyone. We met a lot of people from a few different countries, like a few European countries as well as kind of like Australia, the US, um, and yeah, I would say it is totally, totally fine. And I would also like to plug yeah my own tours that <laughs> if you do feel no, sure, um,
0: yeah, go
1: ahead. If you do feel a little bit worried or you want to go to Pakistan, then um yeah, I'd run organized group tours. And so far um I've run two in India, which were in this year in 2020, which I plan to keep doing post-COVID. Um and I was supposed to have a group tour in September, but it has had to be cancelled now. And that was the very uh, standard kind of itinerary, but again, still not standard of um going to Islamabad, we're going to go up north to Hunza, explore some different villages around there, Um, go back to Lahore, so we could do the Wagga border, see the city before ending in Islamabad. Um, And again, I think that is still going to be rough and ready travel. Like I think for me as well, with my group group trips, I still wanted them to be like real travel, you know, like I can't promise that everything is going to go right, because that isn't what travel is like. And Um, but you know, you will have a great time and we've got that bit more support than if you were traveling by yourself, but it's definitely not like a full, I didn't want it to feel like a really, you know, people have bad impressions of kind of organized tours of just being a bit like same, same samey. And so I wanted it to be still be quite real and raw travel, but just doing it with a group of people and having a guide throughout, which will make, um, you know, everything a lot easier.
0: And do you have the itinerary for the Pakistan tour up on your site or anywhere I can, uh, I can link to it? Is it?
1: Yes, I did take it down because obviously it's canceled now, but I can edit it and I will put it back up for you. Yeah, I'll send you something across anyway.
0: Sweet. Yeah, I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Thank you. Um, And if you can let people know where to find you on YouTube, Instagram, all the places, your website.
1: Yeah, so my website is thewanderingquinn.com and then on YouTube and Instagram, I am thewanderingquinn as well.
0: I really appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun, really enlightening um, now I have a place to direct people when they ask me what it's like to travel as a woman. And I'm like, well, I really don't, a spoiler alert, I don't know. Um, but yeah. I think I have a better idea now. And it's one of those places I, you know, I sound like a, I'm really fanboying about Pakistan, but it's just one of those places that I feel like is in this sweet spot that a lot of countries get in, which is developed enough, safe enough, mm-hmm. interesting enough. And there's not so many tourists and i think it's a country that's really working toward building up its tourism industry i mean that's Mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. clear in a lot of what the government is doing but a lot of what you know you witness on the ground and i think unfortunately if the number of tourists you know triples quadruples or whatever you're going to kind of lose a little bit of that i think that's true of everywhere you know so it's i think I don't know if you would agree but I think for travelers it's in this real sweet spot right now for adventure travel experienced travelers you know that kind of that kind of demographic it's a good time.
1: Yeah totally. I mean I have yeah zero regrets about going and I am so 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 pleased that everything aligned like with the visa and then obviously I went with Tom and yeah it was yeah it was really like a trip of a lifetime for sure and changed my mind opinions on a lot of things and really even opened my mind to a lot as well Um, so yeah I would yeah 100% recommend going and definitely trying to go as soon as possible rather than waiting a little bit longer
0: and would you combine it with India like uh, how you did it or would you you know recommend separate for example
1: Um, I think that it can be very much done on its own trip. I mean, I guess India is the only country that you can obviously go in and out of on the Wagga border. The only thing I will say is if you ever are considering that um, anyone listening that to you should, you have to go to India first. Um, and then go into Pakistan because if you go into Pakistan first and then cross the Wagga border with an e-visa, they can't process it at the Wagga border. So you basically don't have a visa for India. (laughs) So um, you either have to figure out, you can apply for a different visa, but it's more work. So go to India first, then go to Pakistan visa-wise and potentially, yeah, like travel-wise. If you've never been to either country, that probably is a good way to do them anyway, I'd actually say.
0: Yeah, good to know. Yeah, that's why I went to Nepal in between, because I flew. So I was like, oh, I, gotta, okay. <laughs> I gotta figure out a way to get to India from Pakistan. So I'll go to Nepal I hadn't been. So that, that was that was how I did nice. it. But it's not ideal for everybody. I think, you know, if you're crunch for time, flying to another country and then spending weeks there is not the best way to do it. But no, uh, no. Good to know. I'll link to all the places that you mentioned, website, YouTube, all that stuff in the show notes. Um Thank you very much again. Uh, I have to have you back on because you've been to, I want to ask you about Saudi Arabia, which is pretty <laughs> high up on my travel list as well. Um, and I think Corona kind of like, boom, stopped everybody where they were, but I, 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 hopefully we'll all be traveling again relatively soon. It seems like, and, uh, it'd be kind of nice to, I don't know, go, where are you going next after here?
1: After. Um, I think I do want to spend more time in the Middle East. Um, yeah, at the end of the year. Obviously, right now the Middle East is super hot anyway. So I'm actually not too worried about the countries opening up because I'm like, I don't want to go now anyway. Um, but yeah, kind of going back to egypt's on my radar. I want to go to Iraqi Kurdistan, um, go back to Saudi and yeah, just very much the Middle East and kind of some Arabic countries.
0: Cool. Well, thanks again, yes. everybody listening audio. There's a video version of the podcast this time. Um so I will leave a link to that in the show notes as well. And uh, thanks everybody for listening and watching. And thank you again, Ellie. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on for another cool place. So thanks.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Thank you so much. I've just enjoyed speaking about Pakistan so much and now I just <laughs> wanna go back even more. <laughs> so thank you so much.
0: Sweet, yeah, thanks. Thank you again to Ellie for being a guest on this episode of the podcast. Thank you for all of you for listening, for supporting. And uh, I've got another bonus episode coming up for you in a couple of days. So stick around for that. Thanks very much. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you in the next episode.